put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Hey, Glory. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. It's good to see you. You are watching RLM TV Florida Live. Bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to start out with this verse today. Let it wash over you. May all of you encounter the glory of God in a fresh new way. We just open our hearts and our minds for the word of God to come in and intensify the will and purposes of Jesus Christ in our souls. Any area where we're hiding, we give the Holy Ghost permission to come in and change us tonight. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 6, 3. And one called out to another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. That's yad heh vav Y-H-V-H of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his Shekinah. Therefore, when the seraphim are breathing around you, the Bible says that it fills the earth with Shekinah. Notice it's in the context of the Lord of angel armies. The warring angels are at work against your spiritual enemies today, and God knows we need them. As long as we're willing to let things go of the human nature, Amen. we will have a greater glory every time. If there's things we're not willing to give up, let them just brood over you, it is written. Some people aren't ready to hatch. As it's written, do not awaken love until the appointed time. Why? Because they're not ready to be awake in the glory light. Therefore, it's a mercy that they can still exist before they're even ready to fully commit their lives to Jesus Christ. Love that. Hatched. <laughs> rock off. Isn't that the word? Is that in the Greek? That word rock off. It's yeah, the Hebrew. hatching. Or the, it's the Hebrew. Yeah, rock, rock off. Rock off hatch. Yep. Ooh. It's that stony mind and that stony heart getting removed. It's coming off. You are going to hatch into the realms of glory through obedience to the river of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Elijah. Amen. When the spirit of Elijah is in the land, he is to restore the children to the Father. Therefore, <laughs> what does he want restored to the Father? The spirit of Elijah wants your hearts restored to the Father. Wow. Rend your hearts, not your garments. It means your inner man must draw near to him. To grow in Christ. We're here to grow. We're here to grow closer to God. And the spirit of Elijah, the Bible says, is what resurrects us to the Father. I know that's the resurrection power coming forth. It's so filled with happiness power. Oh, that happiness power of the gospel preached from the mid-heavens. Amen. Come on. Amen. I saw another angel flying through the mid-heavens preaching the eternal gospel. Therefore, we want another... Listen, guys, the Bible says there was a progressive gospel, which means the church of the first century had not yet heard the full gospel. That's what Revelation says. And then another angel came in the mid-heavens proclaiming an even higher dimension of the glory of the word of the new covenant. There's always higher realms that we know not of. As is written, come up here. You think it's a one-time thing? Come up here. God will say that to you forever. Come up higher. You can return higher. higher there are heights higher. of God that we must encounter. So how do we go up higher? I like this verse from the book of Acts. It says, Philip, evangelist, attach your soul to that chariot. He was translated. He was taken physically to the Ethiopian eunuch. He was translated. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost said, attach your soul, attach yourself to that chariot. You know, we know that Elijah would go around mountaintop to mountaintop in a chariot of fire. So what does it mean to attach your soul to the chariot? It means to attach yourself to the preaching and, and teaching of the spirit of Elijah. And what is the spirit and power of Elijah that restores us to the Father through chariots? It is 
the word, the prophetic word, gazing with more attention into the prophetic word so that the morning star can rise in your hearts. And what does it mean for the morning star? It means that the light of the life of God is now animated in your human bodies. Chariots of fire powered by winds and flames of fire. God wants to animate you with another source of power and light in a dimension you know not of today. It's the power and the spirit of Elijah, that chariot of fire dimension. When we attach our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our focus, paying a closer attention to the prophetic word. 2 Peter 1.19, it is written, Therefore, when we pay a closer attention to the prophetic word, there is an ascension closer to the Father. There is no rising to God apart from the Word. They say, oh, why do you talk about the Word so much? You know, it's always Word this, Word that, Scripture this, Scripture that. Guys, God is the Word. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. If you're not talking about the Word, you're not talking about Jesus Christ or God at all. Amen. So, it's not just the dead letter and studying the scripture. It's an opened Lamb's book of life. Why is it open now? Weep not over the religious text. For behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah is able to open the seven seals of the scriptures so that the word is as alive on earth as it is in heaven. Break the seven seals and only the seven spirits of God, the Lamb with seven eyes and seven horns, has the capability of doing it. So you're encountering him as the word of God when you study through worshiping the lamb seated on the throne inside of your heart, inside your spirit. When you come away from that external bewitchment that has bewitched the masses of Christianity under Jezebel's tower, when you realize that hope of realizing the glory of Christ within you, that's when it becomes real. That's when you begin to see through and past those dead letters into the living, breathing, active with living fire and water and oil. Word of God, the anointed one, dripping the anointing full of the seven spices, even 13 rivers of balsam flowing with everlasting healing from the inside out, not a temporary healing, hot hands, getting hot hands, lay it on you for healing, hot hands, lay it on you for healing, and then it comes back, and then you go for healing, and then it comes back. It's an overflowing of an ever-increasing healing and ever-increasing joy as we are faithful to Christ within us. So come out of the bewitchment, come out of her, my people, and get into the river of glory, the river of the spirit of Elijah. Amen. Colossians 1.25 in the Amplified says, In this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship which God entrusted to me for your sake, so that I might make the word of God fully known among you. So what is the full known word? It's the full glory of the Father when you hear it and see it and study it. Wow, the full glory of the Father. These words are packing a punch of glory. I want to encourage you to tune in with your spirit tonight. Maybe put your hand on your wind, on your belly, over your spirit and receive because the glory coming forth from the Father's chariot, his throne his chariot of fire his cloud chariot of glory his cloud chariot of shekinah glory tiferet glory hakba and bina glory keter glory perfect blazing will of our father above the highest heavens in heights of worlds beyond 260 worlds high beyond 3000 worlds high higher then we have the ability to fathom and even imagine coming down like lightning, faster than the speed of light, faster than the speed of sound. His will is coming into the earth and it's crashing through the barrier of space-time 
that the Father's will is about to be enforced by lightning power in the world of Isaiah. Amen. Well, I was studying Torah yesterday and I came across a verse that said, I will minister and speak to Israel and no other nation. I was like, well, what about all the other nations that receive salvation? Surely you speak to them. Listen, guys, when those nations receive Messiah, he only speaks to the nation Israel. The evidence that he's speaking to you is that you've been engrafted into the cultivated olive tree of Israel. Romans 11, it is written. It is through engraftation into the tree of life that we can hear God's voice. Understand that today. We're being engrafted progressively through the Word of God. That's what sanctification is. You're not being sanctified just so you're earthly good people that don't do what's wrong. No, you're being lifted up into the heavens. This is a cosmic tree of life. The inheritance of Abraham was the stars of the heavens. The inheritance of Israel is you will be the sun forever. (laughs) Your people will possess the heavens over the earth and be the government of light that's a promise to israel god speaks and ministers and deals with israel only it is written and no other nation therefore israel has always ruled the nations and always will here's the issue there needs to be a consecration by the word of God and all believers of Messiah Jesus Christ's hearts and minds into the realms of Israel above. If you read scripture, Revelation says Israel's not on the earth. Those Gentile churches were on the earth and God was trying to take the Gentile out of the churches and the Gentile nature was the reason why they were still in the earth. But as soon as they got over it, scripture says they entered the gates of the 12 tribes of Israel in the heavenly Jerusalem above. So there is a getting over of your nationalities and your cultures that's essential for the salvation of your nature as an Israelite. And you can have no identification with any other nation, guys. It's not legal. You need to understand you are now Jews of Israel, and that's a cosmic reality. That's a biblical teaching. And everything that still identifies with the earthly is what is, what is holding you back from your inheritance today. It needs to be obliterated out of all of you. Your full potential is as Israelites of YHVH only. And Jesus Christ is Messiah, YHVH himself. Therefore, understand you can't become more like Christ until you embrace his Jewishness and what it means to be true Israel. It's not just a religion, guys. No, it's a path of lightnings. Israel is the sun. Israel is sunlight. It's not just the Jewish religion, guys. It's living in the light of Israel. Israel is a light being, a life-giving spirit. It is a tree. It is a tree that produces good fruit. It's the promises of God's word flowing through men and women, the patriarchs that are the cloud of witnesses. The Bible says, apart from these men in white linen, you can't even inherit salvation. You're surrounded by a mighty cloud. What is that mighty cloud you're surrounded by? The men and women who have walked with God before you that are the cloud of Israel. (laughs) The mighty ducks who have already hatched long before you were born, buckwheat. (laughs) And so they're the ones that are helping you. That's what is Elijah. Elijah lived thousands of years ago. The Bible says he's more active now after his death than he was during his life. He's a very busy man. (laughs) This activity is 100% in holiness and in the prophetic and in the spirit of God and in the spirit of glory. So as we get into the invisible realm, what is our entry into the invisible realm? People say it's Jacob's ladder. Well, man made that up, but the Bible doesn't say it's Jacob's ladder. The Bible says he saw a ladder. Jesus Christ said, I am that ladder. John 1.51, Jacob saw Jesus as the ladder. 
Genesis 28, it is written, you've heard of it, it's called Bethel. This is the very gates of God. Jesus Christ says, I am the gate to the Father. He is the inheritance. Hello, somebody wake up from idolatry. Jesus Christ is the inheritance. Amen. Entering into Jesus is entering into a gateway. You could say it's entering into a stargate. That'd be 100% accurate and biblical. Stargate portal is the opening up of the blossoming of the cosmic flowering. You know you're in the church of, the of Jezebel of when you don't believe you. the stars belong to God. Right. <laughs> they, they're paranoid about the heavens and the stars and the sun and the moon belonging to Satan. Why? Because they're mm -hmm. in Satan. That's the truth right. anyhow. They fear the stars and they fear angels because... Their God is a false God. You fear your God. It is not legal to have any other fear other than the fear of God in you. God takes no pleasure or delight in the cowardly. So anywhere there is cowardice and fear, it's time to repent. Loose it from your souls. Loose it out of your minds, your heart, your blood, and your bones. Because it's time to go and take back the promised land, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So all of the natural realm inheritance only belongs to one man. It belongs to Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, to the measure that you are married to Christ, he wants to share his kingdom with you. And isn't he the God of more than enough to go around and take care of everybody? Do you think there was enough manna to feed everyone? Do you think there's enough room on the whole face of the earth for mansions and land? But if we have idolatry, the idolatrous coveted, covetousness, backbiting and envying and slandering and jealousy and secret blaming others in the heart, those are the things God's those are the things that God wants to work out as he's working out your salvation. Because if you value Jesus Christ as your inheritance, of course, he's going to share the inheritance with you because, hello, you're his bride. What good husband ever said, I'm not going to share any of my stuff with you. This is for me. You get nothing. I get everything. That would be the worst husband ever, right? What kind of husband would say, I'm only going to dress myself. I'm only going to buy a car and a house for myself. You get nothing. <laughs> no good husband ever did that. Even evil husbands buy super expensive stuff for their wives. They look nice and they can go and brag, you know, this is my trophy wife, whatever. Even wicked husbands do that. But are you telling me you don't believe that Jesus Christ, the best husband, Right? He is the bridegroom. You are the bride, including you men. Yes, you're the bride of Christ, so get over it. You're married to the Spirit. It's the Spirit, His Spirit married to your soul or your souls to reflect His glory. Amen? So even if an evil husband gives good gifts to his wife, to his bride, how much more does Jesus Christ give all good and perfect gifts to his bride i can see the lord jesus christ wanting to come into many men's foreheads tonight as it's written i will write my name on their foreheads revelation to jesus christ this is your living room you let the lord jesus in he's going to change your living room he's going to put scriptures on the walls of your living room he's going to impart his thought life into your minds some of you guys have struggled in your living rooms tremendously your living rooms are filthy God is going to come in if you let him tonight and clean up your living rooms of your minds. And it'll be a holy place, a place of brightness, a, a place of his thoughts, a place where the things that pass through the living room are the things that God wants to do with your life, the things he wants you meditating on all day and night, the opportunities that he's presenting in your life, how to progress in him. He doesn't want you to not know his ways. He wants you to know and understand what he's doing in your life. It's not just always this blind faith where you don't need to know. You must know him what is written. The ones that didn't know him went into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. But he says, come close to me because I know you. The one well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, the beginning of the well done 
good and faithful servant is the cleaning of the living room because when he can live in the room of your mind and your thought life, he can guide and direct the course of your life to the places and the purposes that he has for you. For it is written, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And Jesus said, it's not what a man eats that defiles him, but it's what comes out of his mouth, out of his heart that defiles. So when you're thinking in the heart a certain way, in your heart and your mind, that is going to be what you speak. Now, people get into sorcery and they begin to speak something other than what's truly in their heart. You know, being double-minded. What does that mean? That means you have knowledge of what's the right thing to say, what's a good thing to say. Yes, apostle. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I will. I will. Oh, yeah you know, 60 million strong. I agree. I agree with the prophet. I agree with the apostles. And then in the heart, it's like, <sighs> you know, I don't want to do what God has asked me to do. I don't want to give up my secret sins. I don't want to change the way I talk to my wife. I don't want to change the way I react emotionally to my kids. I'm the man of the house. You know, I'm sure that's not you. It's probably somebody else, right? It's not you. It's somebody else. It's always somebody else, isn't it? We never want to Look at our own sins. And this isn't just, you know, for the men. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it become the burnt offering of the house. <laughs> Amen. You, you know, when you really begin to have a cross, you're like, instead of boasting that you're the head of the household, you say, I'm the burnt offering I of the household. I make the rules that, here. And that's really what the head is. It means you're the most sacrificial of your soul right. for the benefit of others. You should have a bigger cross if you're really going to act like the head of the house. At least have the sacrificed, crucified life of Christ, which means kindness, love, compassion has got to be there. Uh, no love for false love. There should be no lust, right? You guys, if you're even watching these videos and pornography is even an issue or a struggle or a lusting and looking after women, the, there's got to be a reality check at some point and say this is not even acceptable. It's not even tolerable anymore. It just it has to stop. So if there's anyone that's out there struggling with that, I just you need to talk to the men of RLM, confess your sin and ask for prayer. Uh, you know, communicate if you need to with if a family Jesus member is who's sitting mature. on the couch in your forehead. Yeah. Listen, guys, overcome lust requires Jesus in your living room. Amen. You can only do it, Jesus. You can't overcome one sin, the Bible says, except that Jesus takes territory in your soul. So what you need to do is invite him in and allow him to sit and rearrange the stuff inside your eyes, inside your mind, and inside your head. And when he's in there, he's always going to be guided towards holiness. He's going to bring holiness in. Some of you has, have accepted him into your heart. And so you're like, you know, but you haven't accepted him into your mind, the living room. God's going to clean up the living room. The hard mindedness is a subject matter that's different in scripture from the hard heartedness. You need both your heart and mind. What is written in Hebrews? I will write my law upon their hearts and minds as two separate places. It's like the garden and it's like the throne room. And you need them both cleared out and cleaned up. And all that stuff that's connected in the eyes where the roots of immorality are is because of a lack of Jesus sitting on the throne of the living room of your mind. You let them in. It needs to be a daily thing. A dying daily is I yield my mind, my living room to Jesus to sit there on the throne. And it's like a couch. Think of it as the place where you hang out the most. Right. You wouldn't want to have where demons. where your thought life really is. You wouldn't want to consciously invite demons to sit on the couch next to you when you're supposedly supposed to be protecting your family and then you've got the women and the children doing the bulk of the work trying to hold up the shields forgive your sins constantly being tormented in their hearts and their minds because they're being cheated on constantly in the invisible realm and so they're broke you break their hearts uh, and there's so many things i want to tell you this what is an evidence of lust? The measure of lust that a male nefesh or male ruah has in his heart, in his souls, that's the measure he's going to express anger and frustration and wrath upon his wife. And so I just want to speak healing to you if that's been happening, if that's happened in your life. Maybe you're the unfortunate, you know, victim of the enemy camp there. There was some deception that got in, some hook, some temptation, some bait that got in there. And it's destroyed the foundation of your marriage 
or maybe you lost something we just speak healing and restoration and we command the hand of the enemy to come off of your lives in jesus name bam so do what you gotta do but it's time to change the way the household interacts with one another are you speaking words of torah or is it still just american culture christian culture nefesh life so the more the male nefesh gets cleaned up and delivered from lust the more gentle he's able to be toward the female Mm. that's for nefesh and for ruah souls in their home life now i've seen this this is something the lord has showed to me you can see it in the scripture why does the lord command the men he doesn't say this to the women he says to the men to be gentle and do not be harsh why because the enemy has so perverted the scene in the world of Messiah. In all the worlds, they've tried to create this perversion. What that does is it destroys kindness and gentleness between the male and the female. All, all the sin came about because Satan was able to separate male and female. That's all they care about is separating, whether you're talking about the left and the right pillar of you inside of your own self, or the family unit, the male and the female. If there's separation between male and female, guess what? That means there's no adherence to the, to the middle pillar, which is representing God. So anywhere where there's division, separation, anger, disputes. And then his instruction to the women was, respect your husbands. It's part of living a crucified life, especially under the sun, Women find it very difficult to respect their husbands because they don't deem them worthy or meriting that respect because they're not able to be clean and avoiding lust. So then there's no gentleness. So if a man cannot be gentle with his wife, if a man cannot be free from lust, the woman is automatically going to have zero respect for you guys. Zero respect. It's not possible. So... Part of that crucified life is the forgiveness of sin, yes, and respecting the man, yes. But it's not just the church age, stone age, Neanderthal Christianity, where the woman has to continuously suffer like that while they go around the mountain and the man never gets over the lust and never changes. And then she just has a heartbreak, total heartbrokenness. The man, even if he wants to get free, total frustration Why can't I get free? Anger. How can I stop taking it out on my kids and my wife? And everyone suffers. That ends when you step into cosmic righteousness. That's right. Even the glory is not enough. As you've known in the church age, people still had the same amount of problems being around the glory things of Christianity as people outside the glory. The true breakthrough comes in ascension because ascension is permanent circumcisions at a DNA level of the heart, of your bloodlines. So it com- from the inside out, you're made new progressively as you rise inwardly from rung to rung on Messiah's ladder, on Messiah's stairway. Each step is a removing of the human nature. Those that haven't risen on the steps have not even begun to remove the human nature, and therefore they're completely surrounded by their own humanity. What's the number of humanity? 666 was with the beast nature, which is all lust and all pride. You can't even make a dent in that in reality in the angelic world of the invisible unless you embrace a Christian life of ascension. It's called the hope of resurrection. Why is it the apostles' hope? Every apostle of the New Testament had one hope, the hope of the resurrection, which is ascension, that we may rise up and change our nature into the exact nature, spirit, soul, mind, and body as Jesus Christ, who is sin-free, who's perfect, who's conquered death, who has zero lust, zero pride, zero religion, and lives in the perfect will of doing the Father's plans every single day of his life. This is what we need, guys, a vision for ascension, and it's an internal ascension of the heart. Your spirit, man, is often unknown to your mind when you start this journey. Most people are not very spiritual. They're very natural. Therefore, the mind has to be renewed first to Christ in your spirit and the yielding of your inner man as 
the central focus of the fathering of God in your life. What is he called in the New Testament? Father of spirits. So what part of you is he fathering? The spirit part of you. But if you can't even know or recognize your own spirit, you won't know or recognize God. Because he's fathering a part of you that is unknown to you. And that's why so many feel like orphans and feel rejected and feel unloved is because you first have to awaken to Christ in your spirit. Now your spirit begins to emit Shekinah, the circumcision of the heart on the eighth day for the Christian, for the born again believer. This guys is the brain becoming fully God inside minded to the process of sanctification and ascension. It's not enough just to believe in Jesus. The Bible says that demons believe in Jesus. So we have to follow Jesus to where Jesus is ascended on high, seated at the right hand of God in the fullness of glory. And we do that rung by rung, step by step, by the inner man getting glorified by removing the human nature. It starts with just correcting your attitude. It starts by a total dependence on the Holy Ghost and no dependency on your own, but partnering with the Holy Ghost. He will be partners in your labors, it is written. Not just all Holy Spirit. No, you in covenant. It takes two to be in covenant. Two is the number of covenant. In covenant with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Because you'll have to cooperate every day. That's why he gives you a cross. If it was just him, you wouldn't need a cross because he'd just take over your bodies. But that's not how a covenant works. It's equal on both sides participating in communication and you as a yieldedness and taking your body and it requires taking your resources, your abilities, your finances, your communication, your speech, your attitude, your emotions, your feelings, your thought life, your plans, your will for your life, all these things and giving them to the master one more powerful than you that is the Holy Ghost and then he begins to lead the contract and the covenant that you've made with him. And understand that covenant is inside the center of your soul. And as you honor the covenant, purify the covenant, renew the covenant. These are things you do every day in prayer and in study of God's word. You begin to be more yielded to it, more sensitive to the Holy Spirit as the leader of your life. So God always leads all of his people into the spirit. What is written? Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. It is written. Therefore, you can only be led by God and be spiritual by God by going into the Holy Spirit. There's no breakthrough in the natural realm. The breakthrough in the natural realm, the realm where you have all your problems, is by going into the Holy Spirit dimension. If the Holy Spirit is not your best friend right now, you have idols. If the Holy Spirit is not God of your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, your ways, how you eat, how you drink, how you communicate, every action, all of it, you got issues with other gods. You're going to have to deal with the demons that are set up in the place where the Holy Ghost needs to be God. What's the first commandment? Have no other gods besides me. Who's me? The Spirit is the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Therefore, if we call him Lord, which means master of the domain, master of the house. That means that the vessel becomes yielded and obedient. You can take this jar of clay and do whatever you want with it. And when you obey by the covenant on your part, which is often financial at first, getting out all of the dependency on the natural own faith in your own ability and getting that doubt and unbelief out of you, into the creator to create newness of life, new doors, new windows, new opportunities. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a hope and a future. You begin and go to, you begin to go into the hope and future of the Holy Spirit. See how the Holy Spirit is a door. The Holy Spirit is a gate. He's a window. Okay? When you go into the Holy Spirit, which is Christ in you, what is Christ? The Holy Spirit. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by the Holy Spirit, went around doing good, healing everyone who was under the power of the enemy. Notice it says that he was anointed, which means the Christ, the Holy Spirit had to come upon him. Therefore, it must come upon you and take up residency in you. And if you obey and yield to the Holy Ghost with your body, with your brain and your heart, he will anoint you 
without measure. And he will lead you wherever he wants you to go, which is the hope and the future of God for your life. The issue is most of us get in the way of that and have our own plans and ideas. We allow the temptations of the evil one to destroy the plans of the Holy Ghost for our life. We need on mass repentance and God will grant it to you if you're willing to obey the Holy Ghost. But a lot of people say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but then never go and become more sensitive to obey the Holy Spirit and you never see good fruit out of them. The Holy Spirit is the fruits of the Spirit of those who can hear Him, believe Him, follow Him with their outer man, guided by Him through their inner man. How can you be the children of God unless you're led by the Spirit of God? The Bible says it's impossible. So we need to know the Holy Ghost. Now, to have a consecrated relationship with the Spirit of God, that relationship will grow for eternity. But we need to be rock solid in a relationship with the Holy Ghost. You got 10,000 other demons down here pretending to be the Holy Ghost. And unless you're being sanctified by the scriptures, circumcised, convicted, chastised, rebuked, and corrected by the Bible. Amen. If you are not receiving correction from the word every day, be certain you're not following the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's called the scholar demon that just reads to be able to tell everybody how good you already are in your own nefesh in your own ruah, in your own self-nature, instead of going to the Torah for the scourging of the soul. It's the encouraging it's the encouraging word for your spirit, your inner man to grow. But it's a putting to death of the old creature. So if something ain't dying when you're putting on that Bible spa, when you're engaging in Torah, then that is not good that's evidence that you're using torah to serve another god yeah the bible says in the torah pentateuch first five books of scripture that god yadevave required sacrifice every day and now we know in the new testament the apostles of the lamb said all the old testament is for our wisdom and wisdom builds the house so you can live in the heavens okay that is all scripture Therefore, understand the commandment for sacrifice every single day by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those that don't bring a sacrifice of more of their inner person, they've abandoned him long ago. There's nothing Christian about a person that's not giving a sacrifice of their heart, their mind, their soul, their time. Their, they're not walking with God at all. Obedience. The person walking with God is the one in the wisdom of Torah which is the daily sacrifice, which means I come in humility in the presence of the Holy Spirit and I give him my heart, my soul, my mind, my thought, my emotion, my attitude, my plans to do what the Holy Ghost wants to do. You know what he'll do? The angels are the ministering spirits sent to inherit, to help those inherit salvation. It is written in Hebrews. I will often ask the Ophanim to polish the living room of my mind. You know, it's the angel's job to do that. Seraphim, cherubim, and Ophanim are ministering spirits sent to help Christians, those who love Messiah and are being engrafted into the promises of Israel, inherit a greater salvation. Some of you need to ask the Ophanim to come polish your mind, polish your souls. They will clean your souls up. If there's dirty spots, you know what will clean it up? An angel came and cleaned it up. If you read Anna Roundtree's Heaven Awaits the Bride, what you need to do and understand that whole book very clearly. It's a pro prophetic guide guidelines for this generation. The angels had mops and they said, you know what? Some of these people have not made a big enough mess and their angels are still clean. They want to clean up the mess of the human nature. They're trying to clean up the human nature. The angels want to come in and just obliterate it for the Christ nature to take over. A lot of people are like walking on eggshells where it's like, I don't want to do anything wrong and I got to be perfect all the time. And there's this pressure on me to perform. You need deliverance, man. You need to lay hands on your heart and say, Satan, loose, loose. in Jesus name. That performance religious spirit that condemns all the victims it possesses in the feelings, the thoughts, the emotions, that ain't the Holy Ghost. That's Satan. Get him out of your life. The angels will help clean up that human nature. And it will be Christ that will take over the living room. 
so that you're not dependent on yourself, but Christ to come in. Your dependency in working in cooperation with him is looking inside your soul and seeing Jesus. What is written? Matthew chapter 5, the pure in heart see God. Which means you can look inside your heart where the angels are helping you inherit salvation and see Jesus Christ every day. Revelation 3.20 says, I stand at the door and knock. Well, that was an apostolic church where all the apostles of the first century would regularly attend. They had all the signs, miracles, and wonders. Jesus Christ said about that church, I'm still on the outside. Why? They weren't God inside-minded. It's a requirement that you see him on the inside in order to ascend on the sapphire stones. We love the teaching of the sapphire stones. People are messaging me, emailing me and saying, Brandon, now that Red Letter Ministries, RLM TV is talking about the sapphire stones, a lot of prophets have now begun to speak about the sapphire stones. I'm telling you the truth. It's trending in Christianity. Because we've pioneered it. It'll become the main thing because this generation was called to live on the sapphire stones. Yeah, and it's going to be impossible for any of them to even walk in one ounce of it, in one sapphire stone in reality, unless they submit to the authority of the headship of the chief apostles of the Lamb in RLM TV because that's the way God designed it. Amen. Without submission to authority in the kingdom, because this is the kingdom age and not the Neanderthal stone age throwing rocks at everyone. Because I do this meaning, you know, I don't need to do it. You know, that is not happening anymore. The father's way is coming. Revelations and pretending like they're your own. No one in Christianity in the whole world was teaching on the sapphire stones until Rebecca started pioneering it by Enoch visiting her and giving her the mantle of Enoch for this generation. Now it's becoming popular. Guys, I tell you the truth. There will have to be an honoring of the mantles. Right. Otherwise, there's no actual circumcision. So I want to give you this also warning here. Anyone teaching ascension or any kind of sapphire stone ascension, if they do not have the evidence of the circumcision, not just saying they have it, but producing the fruit of it, and they'll be in the same kingdom as the others who are rising on sapphire stones with the same fruit and the same obedience. If they don't have that, they're all liars, deceivers, cheaters, and thieves, and they will eventually get eaten up and destroyed by the principalities. It's just, there's no other way. This is how it is. That's called the reality of the way things work. And remember, the Holy Ghost is the Lord of hosts, which brings us to a picture we have here prepared. We have an amazing sign and wonder from Apostle Revivalist L.A. Shadrax. If you are not following him on Facebook and CFI RLM TV, our uh, sister channel on uh, on YouTube. They are in Nairobi, Kenya, in Precious, Africa. There was an angel feathered today. This is a post from Shadrach. A sign and a wonder today during the RLM Africa Joel's Bar broadcast. Immediately, Apostle Rebecca Lynn Barthrop showed up on the broadcast and said, Seraphim glory. Mm. This angelic feature appeared immediately and rested on my right hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Apostle, for releasing the seraphim glory of the angels for the RLM. Africa happened just now. It happened live on the broadcast. One of the sisters had shared the clip of that. And I just, this was really a fun time. I didn't get the chance to catch the whole thing. I was actually on my way to the nail salon. And I was joking with the ladies, you know, you know, it's getting bad when the husband says, I think it's time to go to the nail salon. I think we've been here for about a month and just working every day on on the grind, on the Holy Ghost highlights and just those little things that fall by the wayside. We get the reminders to take care of the behemoth of your nefesh because the righteous man is a deep cares for the nefesh of his behemoth it is written so i'm on my way to go get my nails and i see the apostle in africa is live and when i saw that fiery red outfit that it was like the hot holy couture of heaven it was so glorious i thought you know what would be so appropriate to go along with the outfit below 
the seraphim glory. And so we release the angels there. And I just wanted to share that bit about being casually in an Uber on my way to a salon because it's not very religious. I was not travailing somewhere, you know, in a sackcloth, although there may be a time and a place for that, depending on where you're at on your walk with Christ. But this is just speaking words from the Lord. The Lord was very pleased, and so he wanted to release his seraphim glory because, again, they are his seraphim. They carry his glory. This is not our glory. God has been kind to share his glory with us. And what does it mean to give God the glory? The earth is full of his glory. But who is going to take his glory and return it to him in Tiferet, in the Son of Righteousness, and all the way back to the source in Ein Sof, even at the heights of Ein Sof, where it meets the gateway of infinity, which is the third heavens of eternity, where sin is mentioned no more. You can ask the cloud of witnesses. It's the truth, anyhow. We have a couple of GTs here for you of the day. The amount of rain will increase this year. Joel 2.23, Be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. So the amount of rain will increase this year and the amount of rain and the pouring of the fire mm. oil. Ooh, yeah, you know, amen. before I even knew that there was the seraphim that you released on Shadrach and the angel feather showed up, we have been talking about the seraphim at the beginning of this broadcast. So it's uh, Isaiah chapter 6. If you search seraphs in the scripture. Oh, wow. Isaiah 6, 2, above him, the seraphim, the heavenly being, stood. Each one had six wings. With two wings, he covered his face. With two wings, he covered his feet. And with two wings, he, he flew. And one of the seraphim, verse 6, Isaiah 6, flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongues. Yesterday, I tell you the truth, the fire was so strong on this broadcast it was like spontaneous combustion of sweating bullets. I haven't felt like that once since coming down to Florida. It was the release of the seraphim. Clearly, God is releasing his seraphim right now to heal RLM TV and the oh. viewers and everyone that's participating and to cleanse and clean everyone's souls. So just receive seraphim ministry upon your lives. Amen. I can feel the fire again tonight. That's why I ditched the sweater. I said, I don't know. They're probably showing up again tonight. So we came prepared. We feel the fire. So we thank you, Lord of hosts. Holy Ghost, you're the Lord of all hosts. Well, hmm. well it's burning. <laughs> it's burning in me, and it'll be burning in you as we receive the holiness of the seraphim fire. They carry the holiness. They praise his holiness. No one knows how to praise the holiness of the Father like the holy seraphim. They say, holy, holy, holy. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. It's a holy fire. It's burning. It's burning. <laughs> and it feels amazing. We're grateful. We receive the host into your home. Just say it out loud if you want to receive it now. We invite the host of heaven. We invite the seraphim Amen. fire. We Jesus desire to Christ be burned. Jesus baptizes with seraphim. The baptism of fire is the baptism of seraphim. Let that seraphim fire fall upon you right now and cleanse your minds, your heads, and take you into glory dimensions through the fire of God. The reason why the fire comes is for you to go deeper in the glory. I myself will be a wall, a wall of fire round about you, declares the Lord, and the glory, the Shekinah within the fire. It's the throne with the seraphim around the throne. And God himself is wanting to clean up his people. His standards are levels of fire that will astonish you. 
This is something from uh, Heaven Waits the Bride. When Anna approaches the Father, what happens? A baptism of fire. Her very Ooh. eyeballs burnt out of her eye sockets in a holy, righteous way. Amen. So I want to try to machine gun through a little bit of revelation here. And we have a couple of pictures. We got just a little bit of time. Want to just try and barrel through it while the seraphim do their work. And we set our minds. We peg our minds in the high place through the word of God and through the study of the word of God, through obedience to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Matthew 3, 2. And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of Oranos is at hand. What is that? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand for my scribes. That's G3772. The kingdom of Oranos is at hand. Doesn't that sound like the next good Avengers movie? Amen. Bring back the good Avengers. Oranos. That's the Greek word there for heaven. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's good. All right. Remember and keep are the essence of the entire Torah. The first version of the Ten Commandments reads, Zakor. Remember, the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Exodus 28. The second version of the Ten Commandments reads, Shamor, keep the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember and keep. I saw Moses with the first set of commandments breaking them. These ones said, Zakor. Remember, the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Then the second set of commandments, Shamor, keep the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That was keeping the letter of the law to keep it holy. The better set of commandments that Moses received corresponded to the original ten utterances or ten commandments that created the world. You can put your hand on your belly and receive it right into your spirit. I would encourage you to just go ahead and receive it into your spirit while the seraphim blast you with fire you can go back and take your notes later yeah, let them put seraphim coals in your bellies amen that should kind of burn up your heart and your brain right into that seraphim fire that's the impartation of christ growing in your bellies then the second set of commandments shamor keep the sabbath day to keep it holy that was keeping the letter of the law to keep it holy the better set of commandments that moses received corresponded to the ten original utterances or ten commandments that created the world and why did he break that second set why did or why did he break the first set to bring forth the second set on account of the sin of the golden calf of the idolatry and immorality happening down on malkut the first and second sets of the ten commandments on sinai were different did you know that mm. <laughs> first one was better, but yeah, and I believe the first one corresponds to the sapphire stones, the the above and the below. The better set of commandments that Moses received corresponded to the original ten utterances, or ten commandments that created the world. When Jesus came to earth through the virgin birth of Mary, and he taught his disciples, he said, "Do this to remember." Me. This is an allusion to the zakor of the first set of commandments given to Moses. Allusion means an expression designed to call something to mind without mentioning it explicitly. Do this to remember me. The cup of the new covenant and the bread of his body and his blood are what we eat and drink to remember or zakor, the Sabbath, to keep it holy, to keep it holy, to keep it holy. As true cosmic Jews of heavenly Jerusalem of the free woman, we keep the Sabbath holy by obedience to the first set of sapphire stone tablets given to Moshe, which were superior to the second set of stone tablets. A yetzira of stone, or a heart of stone, would later be taken away and replaced with a heart, or yetzira and berea of flesh. Strong's H1320 Basar, which means which can mean flesh, body, kin, lean-fleshed, mankind, myself, nakedness, or skin, the heart of flesh. I will take away your heart of stone and give you a heart, or yetzira and berea, of myself, flesh, body, kin. 
a new Yetzira, and Berea, heart of the flesh and body of myself. In the first person, in regards to Jesus Christ, his sapphire stone flesh body. This new heart of flesh, Basar from Strong's H1320, comes from the primitive root word etymology from Strong's H1319, Basar. KJV translates Strong's H1319 in the following manner. Tidings, show forth, publish, publish, messenger, preached. So the preaching of the message of the gospel in the mid-heavens is the new yet zira and berea of sapphire stone flesh of the ten utterances, which are the original ten commandments of Genesis 1. To eat his flesh and to drink his blood, to become a disciple of Torah. Full of the Tiferet and Shekinah, written on the tablet of your heart, of Yetzira and Berea. These are the inscriptions of the crowns of the worlds, the crowning of Shekinah, the crowning of the bride, the day of great gladness, the day of the king's coronation. Strong's H1319, to bear news, to bear tidings, to publish, to preach, to show forth, to gladden with good news. With good news, <laughs> to bear news, to announce salvation, to announce salvation as good news, preach, to receive good news, to receive the gospel, to receive instruction, to receive holy Kabbalah, to receive good news. Revelation 14, 6, then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth to every nation tribe language and people midair strong's 3321 mezuranema mezuranema mid heaven the middle of heaven the zenith second heavens the middle of heaven the zenith from a presumed compound of mesos and oranos mid sky so to get that word we put together so if it's mid-heaven, the zenith, we put together mesos and oranos to make mid-sky. The zenith, mid-heaven, second heavens. So second heavens, counting first, second, and third heavens, the second heaven is the mid-heaven. And that wild scripture says in Revelation 14 that the eternal gospel will be from the second heavens. Pretty much the exact opposite of what the church age has said. Amen. First, second, and third heavens. Out of the first, second, and third heavens, the second heaven is the mid-heaven. Mid-heaven, the, the highest point. Mid-heaven, the highest point in the heavens, which the sun occupies at noon. Definition of mid-heaven. Where what is done can be seen and heard by all. The highest point of the mid-heavens is the top of the tenth world of the tenth week of Enoch. Mesuranema, from a presumed compound of Mesos and Oranos. Mesos is midst among, from among, midnight. It's used in miscellaneous terms, and it's from the Greek word meta. That's meta. The KGV translates Strong's G3326 meta in the following manner. Ooh. After, among, hereafter, afterward, against, miscellaneous with after and behind with after and behind you hem me in before and behind psalm 139 5 you go before me and follow me you place your hand of blessing on my head you hem me in behind and before you place your hand of blessing on my head matthew 123 god with us god meta us it's god meta us god with us God with us. Back to you. Strong's 3321. Mesuranema. From presumed compound of, again, Mesos. Midst midnight. From Meta. Think multiverse. Metaverse. And Oranos. Well, what is Oranos? Strong's G3772. Oranos. Heaven. Sky. Heavenly. The vaulted expanse of the sky with all things visible in it. The universe. The world. 
the aerial heavens or sky, the region where the clouds and the tempest gather, and where thunder and lightning are produced, the sidereal or starry heavens, the region above the sidereal heavens, the seed of order of things eternal and consummately perfect where God dwells and other heavenly beings. Oranos, perhaps from the same as G3735, through the idea of elevation, through the idea of elevation, the sky by extension heaven as the abode of God, by implication, happiness, power, eternity, especially the gospel, Christianity, air, heaven, sky, heavenly. Mesos midst or midnight from meta of the multiverse from the midnight of the multiverse. So there is a preaching from the midnight of the multiverse through the elevation of the sky by extension, heaven, as the abode of God by implication, happiness, power, eternity, especially the gospel, Christianity, air, heavenly, sky, a preaching from the midnight of the multiverse of the mid-heavens, of the morning that is coming, the dawn of day, the morning star, Jesus Christ, the son of righteousness, written about in the book of Malachi with healing in his wings and beams to rectify, rectify, heal, and repair the worlds by giving his people the promised new heart of flesh, to replace the hard heart of stone, the fire rose, the vav of Zer Anpin. The sun Tiferet is the fire rose vav of Zer Anpin, encapsulating Yasad, Had, Netza, Tiferet, Gevra, and Hesed, loving kindness. The preaching from the highest point of the Mezoranaima will be the top of the tenth world of righteousness by the secrets of righteousness described in the book of Enoch, who walked with God and was shown the luminaries, the laws of the luminaries, and the mysteries and secrets of righteousness. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion. A journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized. The dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. 
Together, we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.